Hi there. In this podcast, I'm going to be talking about having faith during hard times. And I'm going to start off by making a few um, comments or observations about faith. But before I start doing that, I want to just read that well-known verse from the Bible, which is in Hebrews 11, verse 1. It says, Now faith has been sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So I think the first observation or point I want to make about what faith is, it's that often it's believing in something that we have not yet seen happen or seen the evidence of. And I think that kind of forms the basis of our Christian faith is that we believe and trust in God's word and his promises before we actually necessarily have seen them being fulfilled or seen evidence of them. And the second um, point I want to make about faith is that faith is tested during difficult times. And lastly, that faith isn't something that's sort of stagnant or constant. It is something that grows and increases. And the development of it is a process. And the Bible even makes reference to faith being like a mustard seed, a mustard seed which can move mountains. And the fact that it actually refers to faith being a mustard seed suggests that it it starts off as something small, but has the potential to grow into something bigger, like a mustard seed would grow into a tree. Now to get back to where I talked about how faith is tested during hard times. During hard times, um, people talk about you going through various different stages or experiencing certain feelings. The most common um, stages that we hear about is the stage of denial, then the stage of anger, the stage of depression, and then the stage of acceptance. But lately I, I heard um, a lady talking about this process or these stages that people go through when they experience a trauma or a difficult time, and she's added onto it, and she's added, she starts off with the stage of immobilization, which I think refers to when you become so, you're so paralyzed by the trauma that you've gone through. And then you move into the stage of minimization, which is similar to denial, where you minimize the uh, the trauma that you've gone through. You kind of try and underplay it. You don't accept the full enormity of it. And then she goes on to depression and then acceptance. And then she adds a few more stages on. She adds a stage of testing and then a stage of searching for meaning. And then finally, she ends off with internalization. But the interesting thing that she made about these various stages is that she said that often when we go through these stages, it's not a linear progression. It's something cyclical because we can go through all those stages and then we can jump back a stage. And um, that made sense to me because often when I've gone through something tough and I think, okay, I've got to the point of acceptance. um, And then suddenly something will happen and I will leap back to being feeling depressed about it or I'll be angry or whatever the case may be. But Often I'll go back a few stages, and I think that's um, quite an important thing to realize is that as we work through and process um, a trauma or you know that difficult time that we're going through, that it is quite normal to jump back a step or two in those stages, and that you know, working through trauma or um, processing a difficult time is not a linear process, it's actually more of a cyclical process. And our faith is like that because we go through periods where we, our faith is strong and it seems to be growing. And then we might hit a, a point in our, our walk with God when we go through those, especially often when we're going through those difficult times when suddenly our, we, we, we experience doubt and our faith really seems to shrink. But it is often during those 
times where our faith seems small or low, um, where we're experiencing those doubts, that it, our faith is actually going through a process of refining and being possibly defined more accurately as we gain greater understanding of what we are placing our faith in, what faith is actually meant to be all about. And I think that's kind of what happened to Job's faith. If we look at that story of Job, in the beginning, he, he gets everything taken away from his, his health, his family, his, his possessions. Everything gets taken away from him except his life. And in the beginning of the story, Job still praises God. He says to his wife, who can't believe that he's actually saying this, he says, God gives and God takes away. But then as you start to read further on in the book of Job, Job starts to experience doubts. He starts to question, God, why was I even born if this is what's going to happen to me? What is the purpose of all this? He questions God um, in the sense that he says, God, you know, I, I followed all your commands. I did everything that you asked me to do. And yet I still, I've had everything taken away from me. I don't understand. So Job goes through this process of doubt and questioning God. But as you carry on in the story, he reaches a point where God then speaks to him and um, talks to him about what he's been going through. And then he gets to that place of acceptance and trusting God. And even though he doesn't understand why God allowed him to go through these things, he still um, has faith in God. But his faith has actually gone through this kind of process of highs and lows. It hasn't remained constant because it's been tested. And through that testing, it's actually been refined and it's been defined. And I'd like to look at how it has been refined and defined. Now, if you look at God's response to Job's questions, his why. Why did this happen to me? Why did you allow this? Why do I exist? God doesn't actually answer that question. He doesn't answer the why of what Job is asking. God responds by drawing Job's attention to who he is, to his character. And I think the reason God does this is because he knows that Job wouldn't understand the why of what he's going through. You see, God is, is someone who lives outside of our human um, experience outside of our human understanding we we live in the within the parameters if you can say of time and space but God is a God of the eternal and he is a God of the impossible and so those are outside those those concepts are things that are outside of our human experience and our uh, human understanding and I think even if God were to answer the why of Job Job would still be asking but why and, and let's be honest that's that why does God allow certain things to happen? Why does he allow suffering? Is a question that humanity is constantly asking. And yet most times God doesn't respond. Certainly not in the way that we feel gives us a, an understanding as to the why. But as I say, God responds to Job's question of why by revealing who he is. And I think that is actually quite key to what happens during those times of um hardship that we go through is that God doesn't tell us why we are going through those hardships. He uses it as an opportunity to reveal himself to us. And I think he does that because he wants our faith to be based on not 
what is happening around us, not what God can give us so much as who he is, that our faith is based on him, not on what he can do for us. And I just want to share a story that kind of demonstrates this mindset. A friend was sharing the other day about God's goodness. And he says, you know, we believe in God's goodness when things are going well. You know, we're happy to talk about God's goodness when things are going well for us, when we are experiencing that goodness in a physical sense. But he says, but what happens when we do go through a difficult time, when, you know, we're not experiencing good things? Does God's goodness suddenly cease to exist? Is God no longer good? And the point he made is that God's goodness is not based on what we are going through. It's based on his character, on who he is. And I think the reason why what I was impressed by what he was saying is because I know that he's been going through a difficult time at the moment. And the fact that he can still talk about God's goodness and that he believes in God's goodness in spite of going through that difficult time sort of encapsulates what it means to have faith in God and who he is rather than in what is happening around us and what God can do for us. And there was another story that I also I read a while back where this man was sharing his testimony and he lived through the Rwandan genocide and obviously experienced incredible atrocities and really a really dark side of humanity. And yet what impressed me about what this man's, about this man's testimony is at the beginning of his book, he writes a statement and he says, I do not serve a wasteful God. And to make that statement, it's like he has, he's gained an understanding that it doesn't matter what has happened to him or what he's come through, the, the, the trauma, the hardship, the, the suffering, it's all independent of the fact that he knows God and he knows the God that he is serving. And, that he does, and that, that's why he's able to make that statement of, I do not serve a wasteful God. And in 2 Timothy verse 1, Paul makes this statement. He says, that is why I am suffering as I am. Yet I'm not ashamed because I know whom I have believed. And I'm convinced that he is able to guard what I've entrusted him for that day. The point that I'm trying to make in all of this is that our faith should not be defined by what we are going through, what we are experiencing. Our faith needs to be defined by the person who we believe in. And I think the problem is sometimes the reason why our faith needs to be redefined and why it takes a battering is that we have defined it in the wrong thing. I think sometimes we reduce our faith to this kind of input-output um, idea where, you know, if I follow these laws of God, then this, you know, God will treat me in this way. And, and you know, like with Job, Job followed all God's laws and he did what God had wanted him to do. He was, God pointed him out as a, fa you know, someone who was faithful and was following his ways. And yet he allowed, still allowed Job to experience all those hardships. So we need to be careful of having that sort of input-output mentality because also it, it suggests that we are trying to control the situation as well. And the thing about faith is that it is about handing over that control to God and trusting Him. And finally, I'd just like to end off with some pointers that will hopefully help you in your faith refining, defining moments that will help us through those, help us to get us through those hard times. And the first thing is obviously prayer. Because prayer is something that requires us to focus on God. And while sometimes our prayers can be quite selfish, I still believe that prayer opens the door to communication with God. 
So it becomes about focusing on him rather than just focusing on my situation. And I think that God does use that prayer. Even when our prayers may start or stop, he uses that prayer as an opportunity to communicate with us. And secondly, I think fasting, and I'm not just talking about fasting food, though that could be the means of fasting that you, you decide to in, undertake. But I think it's fasting is to do with uh, removing distractions from our lives that cause us to take our focus off God. And so I often think, Fasting is a very good um, practice to engage in in order to help us focus more on what God is trying to say to us or teach us through these tough moments. And it could be fasting anything. It could be fasting anything that distracts us or takes our focus off him. And then finally, the um, Bible talks about renewing our mind, which suggests that we have the capacity to rewire our thoughts. And what this means is that we can change our perspectives. Because I think when we go through difficult times, often we develop a very negative perspective. We can't see beyond the situation that we're in. We develop all these negative thoughts. But the fact that God has told us that we can renew our minds means that we can choose to change our perspectives. We can choose to believe in more positive things, which is good news because it, a positive perspective is often the most helpful thing to get you through a difficult season. As an educator, I work with children who um, deal with learning difficulties. And one of the hardest things to do is to work with a child that has a, a negative attitude, a negative perspective towards learning. Because it doesn't matter what methods or approaches I use, if that child's attitude towards learning is negative, if they do not believe that they can do it, then nothing I do with them is actually going to change that and they won't progress. And I think it's the same when we're going through a tough time. If we continue to feed into this negative perception, this negative mindset, it doesn't matter how things improve in that situation or if there are any improvements in that difficult um, situation, we're not going to see them or we're not going to appreciate them because of our negative mindset. And obviously it's going to make it much harder to get through that tough time as well. And finally, all those things, praying through a tough time, fasting, renew our minds, they all require effort. And I actually read quite a funny quote the other day, which I thought had a, an element of truth in it. It said that Faith can move mountains, but don't be surprised if God gives you a shovel. <laughs> and the fact of the matter is that it requires effort to develop our faith. Our faith doesn't grow through osmosis. It's something that we have to be actively engaged in, in growing and in developing. Anyway, to, to end off, I'd like to just um, share some of my favorite verses. Um, so whatever stage of faith you're at, I hope that these verses will encourage you. And the first one is from 1 Corinthians 13. And it says, Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, and then I shall know fully, even as I'm fully known. One day things will become clearer to us. The wise will make sense, and we'll realize that what we went through wasn't wasted. And then the final verse, which I've always found very encouraging as well, is from 1 Corinthians 2, verse um, 
9 and it says however as it is written no eye has seen no ear has heard no mind has conceived what god has prepared for those who love him